Hello, welcome to episode 6 of What Some Would Call Lies in Reruns. I'm Mike Lawson. I used to have a weekly storytelling podcast, and now I'm sharing those stories with you here on the Afterthought Media feed. Hello! Good to see ya! Welcome back. I hope somebody's listening to this. I really don't know because I recorded all of these in advance, so I have no idea if people love it, hate it, or if nobody mentions it ever. Anyway, here it is. On this episode, I'm going to start with a story called King of the Streets Meets Prince of the Alleys. Now, when I originally published this on Tuesday, May 15th of 2012, I was publishing it on a public feed. So I was kind of being cautious about what I was saying. Um, The dude I'm interviewing in this episode, uh, I'm nice to him. And I should tell you, he's a big douchebag. Um, since it's just you and me now, since it's, you know, just friends, I can tell you, I probably would have been meaner to him if, uh, I knew it was just going to be kind of a a limited audience, but since it was public, I was nicer. So here it is. King of the streets meets Prince of the alleys. I hope you enjoy it. Episode 26, King of the streets, Prince of the alleys. Practical jokes are a lot like fireworks. When you light a fuse and hold on to it until the last possible second to throw it into the air as it explodes, you risk the chance of getting burned. Today I'll tell you a story that starts with a lit fuse and ends with a big boom. Hi, my name's Mike Lawson and I tell what some would call lies. Um, I really love telling stories. I love, I love, I love I telling, love telling stories. stories. What some would call lies. 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 Vomit. You lying son of a gun. Kind of creepy. Son of a bitch. He said. She said. I said. What the hell? Liar, liar, pants on fire. I love your dress. And I'm not making this up. You are a goddamn liar. I'm back, bitches. <laughs> I love telling stories. This podcast is in no particular order, a collection of stories from my life that I retell as accurately as I see fit. Once upon a time, I worked with royalty. Well, kinda. In 2010, I was working in a boys and girls club here in Phoenix, and one of my coworkers was a guy named Tyler. But Tyler had an alter ego. He was moonlighting as an event DJ, and he did promotional work and voice work for some local radio stations. And he called himself the King uh, of the, the Streets. King of the Streets came from, uh, in 2007, I was a promotions assistant with KTAR, the sports uh, radio station. And uh, one event uh, we had out on the street, basically what we do is, um, our job is to promote the brand of the radio station and make people aware of, uh, forgive me for interrupting, but I think that I love Tyler. I really do. But I think that he's really good at being this voice talent, partially because he loves listening to himself and it's hard to get him to focus sometimes. So I'm going to fast forward this a bit to when he actually comes to a point. Um, so where the name came from, that was a big spiel. Um, I was out at an event and I had a new boss 
and he came up with, uh, he felt the best way to promote the brand was to give us a PA and some speakers, and uh, every event we typically do giveaways, like free tickets to another D-back game, free tickets to a Suns game, whatever, and uh, we'll get on a microphone and say, hey, come on over, enter to win at Sports Arizona Sports 620. Uh, it's free to enter, free to win. You get two tickets the next uh Suns versus Lakers game and uh he gave me a mic one day at an event and started walking away and I did my little spiel and he had walked over and was like bro you, you're really good um have you ever done any of this before and I explained to him well at the Boise Girls Club uh, growing up I've always uh, been in the sports leagues and uh, always helped out with the sports leagues so for a while when I was running those leagues I would uh, narrate the basketball games for the kids just to add a little uh, like another component uh, so when a kid would score, I would say, that's Johnny for three or whatever. And the kids would love to hear themselves over and the parents would get a kick out of it. So I got a lot of experience doing that. So he was like, okay, well, you're, yeah, you're really good. You're a natural. Um, you should do some commercial stuff and whatever. And, uh, I basically got this reputa reputation for being the best person on the street for the radio station, um, promoting the brand. And uh, one day he goes, man, you're, you're truly like the voice of the streets. And he wrote a recommendation that I have to this day um, that says, you know, he truly is the voice of the streets. And he goes, that's what you should call yourself. And I said, uh, I don't like the voice. I think, I mean, it's too bland. And um, what else is there? What else is that I command um, the street? And uh, we were thinking of names and then I shouted out King or he, I don't remember who did it. It was either me or him. I don't want to give him credit because if it ever goes really big, he'll... Uh, get a nice cut from me, but um, <laughs> I believe I came up with King of the, the King of the Streets and Trailer for sale or rent Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets Ain't got no cigarettes Oh, but two hours of pushing broom Buys a 8 by 12 four-bit room I'm a Man of means by no means King of the road Third box car Now the king of the streets wasn't just a side business for Tyler like he wants you to believe this was a way of life Tyler was a shameless self-promoter and I don't mean that in a super critical way I just mean that he was doing his best to promote himself so he could get ahead in his competitive business so not a single person that knew him didn't also know the king of the streets. So Tyler had this logo. It was a cartoon caricature of the king. And he put it everywhere. I'm talking about t-shirts. I'm talking about bumper stickers. I'm talking about a bicep tattoo. And this logo made me laugh the first time I saw it on the back of Tyler's truck. Because I originally thought that it was the Burger King guy. I even remember asking Tyler why he had the Burger King mascot on his back window. The king is, uh, he's, he's black, red, and white. Uh, it was to match the radio station's colors at the time, and I just really like that color scheme. Um, the king does not resemble the Burger King guy at all. Mike always thought that was funny as hell, and he always thought, he would always give me shit about being, it, it looking like the Burger King guy, but it definitely isn't. He's a real asshole for it. Love you, Mike. Now, I really love a good practical joke, for better or worse. Sorry, Nicole. And I cooked up a genius plan to prank the king of the streets. I jumped on Twitter, and I registered a name. I had an artist friend of mine create some artwork 
which you can see right now in the show notes for this episode at whatsomewhatcalllies.com. And then I launched a parody personality. King of the Streets, meet the Prince of the Alleys. <laughs> I started parodying the King's tweets. So when the King announced that he was going to be out all day Saturday at the D-backs game, the Prince would tweet that he'd be out all day in front of the indoor soccer arena in Peoria. When the King said he'd be on the mic at the Phoenix Swap Meet, come out and buy me a beer. The Prince would let people know that he'd be on the mic at Applebee's karaoke night, come out and buy me a bloomin' onion. And the Prince also told slightly offensive jokes, which the King did as well. Do you know why it's called PMS? Because mad cow disease was already taken. But what Tyler isn't mentioning is that the Prince also tried to promote the King's stuff. On April 7th of last year, for example, the Prince tweeted, Tonight, my bro and ingenue at Ty Martinez, which is the king of the streets, invades prime time. Catch him on 101.1 or at azthebeat.com from 6 to 10 p.m. That's nice, I think. I thought that this was just innocent fun. But what I didn't know was that the king was ready to execute a motherfucker. When I got into this new radio station, Mega and the Beat, uh, there was a gentleman that had just been promoted uh, off the street team. Um, I was hired by my old boss at KTAR, who had just taken over the promotions department at Mega and the Beat. And she had promoted one of the street teamers <clears throat> to be her assistant. Well, he basically was me before I got there. He was the one that would take the lead on the microphone and and do all that stuff. So now he took a job where he's sitting behind a desk and not in the, uh, I guess, limelight. And uh, what happened was there was a lot of, I guess, uh, I guess animosity there. Um, I never really had an issue with the guy. Um, I just n always took notice that he would hate on me or hate on my promotion of myself. And he didn't like that I had take over, taken over that spot, I guess, and that uh, in some ways, people started recognizing that I was doing it better than him. He would talk a lot of stuff behind my back to other people. It would get back to me, and he would go onto my website, and he'd hate on my website. He'd hate on when I had t-shirts made to promote myself. He, he just, he was anti-me, and to my face, he was my buddy. He would, we'd go to play poker, we'd go do all kinds of stuff, whatever, but deep down, he held some resentment there. So then, there was a Twitter created that was at Prince of the Alleys, and at first, I thought it was funny. I, I thought it was, it, it was one of those where it's a joke, so it's funny, it's cool, whatever. But then it just kept going on and on. And it went week after week and month after month. And I, that, at that point, once we got to about three weeks or a month, I started to get pissed. Okay, I remember this timeline a little bit differently. Originally, my goal was to make a few jokes and then reveal myself. Now, at this time, I wasn't working at the same Boys and Girls Club as Tyler. I mean, the king. But I did have friends that worked in the same building as Tyler, so I got a lot of observations sent to me. And I was told Tyler was mad from the get-go. He started quickly blaming this guy at the radio station. He started throwing furniture around and kicking holes in the wall. Well, the furniture and holes I made up, but the rest of it is true. And this anger was something I wasn't expecting. I was expecting him to laugh a little, and after a few chuckles, I would reveal myself. We he would call me an asshole, but ultimately, he would compliment my wit and compliment the parody cartoon. I knew that this joke would point out a vulnerability or small character flaw, the shameless self-promotion stuff, but that's the measure of a good practical joke. Instead, however, Tyler started telling our mutual friends that he was ready to kick some ass. Um, 
and at one point it was I was I was out to figure out who it was because I was at the point where I was already I was ready if it was that dude I was ready to kick his ass because he was giving me shit about it he he whoever created it had followed this guy from the radio station and that guy thought it was funny he was rubbing it in my face so I already thought it was this dude and now he's giving me shit about it and I was like okay it's this dude I'm gonna kick his ass. Trailers for sale or rent Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets Ain't got no cigarettes uh, But two hours of pushing broom buys a Tyler's anger made me back off a little. The prince was silent for a few months while I contemplated how I could end this thing. I could just let it fade away, like baby Jane, whatever happened to her. Or I could come out and tell Tyler that I was a prince and hope he'd forgive me. Those are really the two things I could do, right? Well, actually, I decided to prolong it a little bit. <laughs> I photographed Tyler's truck one day, and then I photoshopped out his King of the Street bumper sticker, and I added a Prince of the Alleys bumper sticker, and I tweeted that picture with a message like, check out the sticker on my truck. Who this person was, and they started dropping hints, and they took a picture. I have the King logo on the back of my truck, and uh, they had photoshopped it being the prince, and they had a picture. And I don't know. Like, when I've had pranks at work, I've had some where they filled my office with balloons. That's great and all, haha, funny, funny. But I, I really, the part that pisses me off is when it's me cleaning it all up, and I didn't blow up the balloons. I didn't put them in my office or whatever. And kind of like this, um, I wasn't in on it. I didn't know who was doing it. And for a week or two, you know, a couple of days was fine. But when it wasn't letting up and more and more people started to know about it, and I, I have a strong attitude and personality and whatever but uh but i did at one point my feelings did get a little damaged man of means by no means king of the road at no point did i ever want to hurt tyler's feelings in fact at no point did i ever think that i would be hurting tyler's feelings he's a tough guy that does plenty of teasing and shit-talking himself. And really, that's why we're friends. I guess I just failed to realize that he would consider this prank to be me making fun of him and not me having fun with him. Uh, eventually, um, after a long-ass time, Mike uh, sent me a picture and revealed that it was him, and uh, which who I least expected. I was like, uh, but I, I knew kind of at the time the skills of the tech skills that were being used. I was like, this has to be someone that knows what they're doing here. Uh, and that's the only reason I kind of discounted the guy at the radio station a little bit. Cause I was like, he's not intelligent enough to be making the Photoshopping the pictures. And I just knew he didn't have that capability. And so, uh, didn't necessarily suspect Mike. I don't think ever. So, cause a, I didn't think he was that much of an asshole. Thanks Mike. Once I, once I found out, once he told me it was so far removed and, and they had stopped really tweeting from it. But every time they, Mike would start up occasionally, like months down the road, he would start sending a tweet here or there just to keep it going. And it would piss me off all over again. But then uh, when he finally revealed it, it was kind of a relief knowing it wasn't that other guy. It was revealing, I mean, it was, it was nice to know that it was Mike, but uh, 
in the end all, it, it did still, I mean, I was a little pissed at Mike still just because of, um, he let it drag on so long and, and because of the, that's it. And I explained to, we have a mutual friend that worked with us and I explained to her, I'm like, it wouldn't have been a big deal if he would have told me after a week or two, I would have, I would have been like, damn, you got me. And it would have been how, what I think Mike wanted it to be. Um, but because it went on so long, it, it did piss me off for a while. So it was that, uh, but it was a good joke all around. I give my credit. Rooms still at 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets I ain't got no cigarettes But two hours of pushing broom This isn't the first time that I've upset someone or angered someone by playing a practical joke. And in a normal Mike Lawson story right about now, I'd be telling you about all of the lessons I've learned or how I've become a better, more rounded person because of these mistakes. But I've got nothing. When I joke with someone, I feel like I'm bringing them into a group, not alienating them. And I hope that Tyler realizes that I only prank and tease people that I genuinely like. If, if he doesn't realize this, this next prank that I have planned will totally get that message across. Up next is a story that I wrote called Integrate This, originally published on Tuesday, May 22nd of 2012, and it goes like this. The course title, Integrated Math 1, sounds a lot like a course at an Alabama university in the early 60s. Them colored folk are distracting to our learning. But at Bray Olinda High School during my freshman year, integrated math was a new approach to teaching kids mathematics. No longer would they teach pre-algebra, algebra, geometry, calculus. Now, all of the math courses were jumbled together. So integrated math 1 was a hodgepodge of pre-algebra, algebra, and geometry. My integrated math 1 teacher was a young, freckled woman named Miss Duffy. When I entered into her class, it was her second year of teaching, and she was very green. I didn't like Miss Duffy for the same reason that an infant hates the doctor. It's quite possible that Miss Duffy was a wonderful person, but she was the one administering the shots, so I found it hard to be a real fan. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I've always been fairly competent in all subjects. English, history, science, toot. But I was terrible at math, and I still am. Up until high school, I managed to fake my way through many math classes. But Miss Duffy and integrated math really challenged me, and for the first time in my academic career, I almost didn't pass. When the school switched to integrated mathematics, it kind of messed up some of the upperclassmen that were only one math credit short of graduation. If a student just had to pass one more algebra course to graduate, for example, what class would he take to fulfill that requirement because traditional algebra courses were wiped from the table? Jeff Thompson was one of those students. He was a senior, and he sat behind me in Integrated 1. Jeff Thompson was the men's department at Macy's. He smelled like the cologne counter, and every outfit that he wore looked like it was taken directly off of a mannequin, 
as if he walked into the department store and just pointed and said, I'll take that, wrap it up. In retrospect, Jeff Thompson was training to be a grade A douchebag frat bro that would have shit handed to him because of his family's wealth. But to the 15-year-old me, he was the hot senior guy that sat behind me in math and smelled good. My interaction with Jeff was limited to him asking me, Hey, did we have homework? And me pretending not to know because I didn't want him to think I was a geek, so I'd answer something like, um, I think she gave us, like, practice sets on page 77. I mean, I mean, I think. After getting a chapter quiz returned to us one afternoon, Miss Duffy announced that a few students who missed the test would have to stay in at lunch to do a makeup exam. Jeff Thompson was on that list. And as I was packing up my things and waiting for the bell to dismiss us, Jeff leaned over and said, Hey, I'm certain he didn't know my name. Hey, what'd you get on that quiz? I got a B and I told him so. Would you mind if I looked at it? My conscience was screaming, don't do it. He needs to study and work hard just like you. And then another part of me, the part that was responsible for giving me loads and loads of bad advice and sounded an awful lot like Paul Lind, was telling me, don't be such a square. When I gave him my quiz, I expected him to study it for a few minutes until the bell rang and released us from class. Instead, he put the quiz into his binder and he said, I'll give it back to you tomorrow. I don't consider this Jeff Thompson incident cheating. I mean, I wasn't cheating. I wasn't benefiting. So aside from that, I only cheated one other time in school. Well, it was an ongoing thing, actually. In biology, my teacher, Miss Crow, would create her own answer sheets using a word processor. So she had number one, and then answers A, B, C, and D, and there were circles next to each of them. And we were supposed to fill in the correct letter, just like a Scantron, but she made it herself. Then I watched her correcting one of the exams one afternoon. All she did was take an answer sheet, and she had all of the correct answers punched out, so she could place her answer sheet over the student's answer sheet and see which questions were incorrect or correct. So, on our next quiz, when I was stumped, I would narrow the answers down. Then I would fill in two or three bubbles for those questions. <laughs> and that's when I started receiving perfect scores in biology. The day after I gave Jeff Thompson my quiz, I got a note in my homeroom that I had to go to the counselor's office. When I walked in and saw Jeff Thompson, I knew why I was there. Dickhead Jeff Thompson didn't warn me, however. He didn't even say hey or anything. When we were called into Mr. Gruber's office, I was presented with the details. Jeff Thompson copied my quiz answer for answer, even though Miss Duffy used a different version for the makeup test. So she noticed that Jeff Thompson had filled out all of the answers for a different version. So she called him out on it, and he snitched. 
He probably called me the guy that sits in front of me. I don't know his name, even though I had written my name at the top of my quiz. I was put on academic probation. My parents were called. My life was really disrupted. There was this huge argument at home and my punishment was only increased by the way that I smart talked back to my parents while they were rendering the verdict and delivering sentencing. And boy was I lucky, Miss Duffy would turn out to be my teacher for Integrated Math 2 and one semester of Integrated Math 3. So this incident created a shaky foundation for us to build our relationship on. If you asked me at the time, I would have said that all of this was caused by Jeff Thompson when he asked to see my quiz. But it wasn't. This grief was caused by me. It was caused by me saying yes, and it was caused by me handing it over. For a few weeks after I had mistakenly given Jeff Thompson my quiz to cheat off of, I was in trouble at home only allowed to go to school functions and rehearsals for my gay hobbies, no more library for fake studying, no more hanging out on Jennifer's patio listening to music. Jeff Thompson, on the other hand, he'd come to class acting like nothing ever happened, rarely acknowledging my presence, ignoring me to talk to some of the good-looking girls that were in her class, telling them about the crazy weekend that just went by or the weekend that he had planned. I would like to say that the difference here, me getting punished for allowing someone to cheat and Jeff Thompson with no consequences for actually cheating, I would like to say that the differences in our punishments have made me a better adult, that I am more moral now, that I have been rewarded by the gods of karma, and that Jeff Thompson lived a life of bad choice after bad choice and was now in rehab for the fourth time. Unfortunately, I doubt that that's true, but I do know thanks to this episode, that there are two kinds of people in this world. I learned it right there in Miss Duffy's classroom. There we were, integrated. done two more stories shared with you and i hope you come back to the next episode because i've got two more for you the stories i'm going to share with you next episode are called preconceived and i don't remember what the fuck that episode was about preconceived it does not ring a bell it's the title is just a little too vague and then the other story i'm gonna share is called uh the real answer and that one i do remember it's about the time a man at the circle k told me he wanted to kill himself (laughs) 
It's a party on the next episode. You won't want to miss it. See you then. Bye-bye. I like to eat pizza.